Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today we watch Miss Bala and talk 80s movie revivals. We also return to series survival and give our new predictions. It's time for a top three turf war. So I think it was our last episode. We had a little quick conversation about Cobra Kai and season two and Ivana hadn't seen it. And I was like, oh, my God, all I want to do is talk to you about this. Since you were the one who planted in my brain, go watch Cobra Kai. And then I did. And I think I watched two seasons in two days. I think you did because I kept getting updates of being like, oh, my God, this show is so awesome. And it is. I have started the second season now, but I haven't finished it because I have to watch it with Blake or he will get Blake. If you're listening to this, just stop doing anything and sit down and watch the rest of the season. Well, not without me. So it got us thinking about other 80s movies and what worlds we should either revisit or maybe reboot. So here's how we're going to do this. We are going to name a movie and describe the type of reimagining or reboot or revival, however we're going to do it. So it can be either the following the same characters right up into the present, the way that Cobra Kai does. We could have brand new characters in the same world, sort of like uh, an anthology American Horror Story or something. Uh, or we can have a reimagining the way that uh, Charmed works, where they ignore everything that came before and just start again with something brand new. Uh, so those are the three types. So you have to explain the type and the movie. So Ivana, kick us off with what your first movie, reboot, revival, revisit, whatever you want to call it. Tell me what it is. Police Academy. Okay. And what are you, are you going to bring people back? I am, but I think it's going to be more follow new characters in the same setting. So I want to have the older, the previous original characters be cameos. But I think that it would be really fun to do this movie again now with social media and technology and all the zany antics. I think they're really fun movies, and I think that we could use the fun associated with Police Academy. And I think it'd be really great to get some brand new comedy players in that setting. That might be a lot of fun because Police Academy doesn't even have a city name. It's like an unannounced, like, the city is under siege. So it's basically a fantasy land anyways. It is. So I think that you could bring in new characters who have all kinds of new tweaks and and, and quirks. Like, it, you don't need Hightower again. You could do something else. Right. And if Hightower comes in for a brief cameo, great, you know? Totally. Yeah. And... Who doesn't want to see those characters? Exactly. What about you? Okay, my number three is the never-ending story. And the type of reboot this would be is full-on straight reboot. Because I'm not a huge fan of the first one. But I would like to see another kid who's being tormented go into that same store. And the same owner kind of gives him the book. And we see a full new story very fantasy driven. Uh, I want to see that damn dragon again. Yeah, the scary dragon thing. <laughs> the, yeah. Well, he, is he? Are you scared of that dragon? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a wish dragon or something. It's something nice. It's not like I know, but he's so creepy and scary, and like at any moment, I don't know. Things just feel like they could go wrong at any moment with that dragon. And I think if they followed the approach to the fantasy that Stranger Things has led in with, with that darker presence, it doesn't have to necessarily have all the swearing or gore, but, you know, 
the horse should still die for a treo and uh or just create a whole new different story based on the fact that uh the world is dying again and he has to save it maybe it has like a, a, a this happens all the time in the world where someone has to come in and save this world I like that reboot. I think that's a, a kind of fun one to have. I think I might have seen that movie, and I don't. Re- I remember being very afraid of the dragon. Um, I've definitely seen parts of it, at least. Either way, I think rebooting it sounds like a good thing. Yeah, I I don't think that this is a like hallowed ground property. I think you can no. screw with this property. I mean. You can't show this current movie to kids right now because I think it's too aged. Do you know what I mean? Like at some point, certain things just don't age that well. And I I would venture a guess this movie doesn't age that well. I have seen it recently. It does not. (laughs) All right. What's your number two? My number two is another complete uh, reboot. And reimagining, and it is The Breakfast Club. Wow. Okay. That is in my do not touch, do not touch list. Isn't that interesting? I hate that movie, and I think it's one of the most, I think it's one of the worst teen movies of all time. Um, But I like the concept of it, and I would like to give that concept some brand new legs I would bring back Molly Ringwald as the person who's giving the detention. I think that would be kind of a fun role for her. And I think that she could do, you know, a really shitty detention teacher really well. This is, again, a complete reimagining. So she was never in the first one. She's just back again um, as a totally different character. And I'd like to see it really updated. I'd like to see it really address what's happening in the world right now. And I think that the structure of Breakfast Club could do really well with a full reboot. I disagree with everything you're saying. The movie's so bad. You can't see me biting my tongue, but it is red from the bite marks. What do you even like about that movie? It's a great movie. And it says a lot about young people not being taken seriously. And I love it. And no. Yeah, and it also has a lot of really horrible things. It reinforces shitty negative stereotypes about people. It's uninsightful. Like, oh, yeah, kids don't get taken seriously. Yes, that's shitty. They should get taken seriously. But um, that's not exactly a revelation. Fair enough. All right, I'm going to do the one that's going to make a lot of listeners angry, and I want to completely reboot as a television series, Indiana Jones. I would watch that. I would totally watch that. I want some good treasure hunting stuff, and I think Indiana Jones would be a lot of fun on TV. Um, I don't need Harrison Ford back because we saw what happened in number four. It wasn't good. So let's just take it back a notch and give me like the young adventures of Indiana Jones that aired in the nineties. But today, yeah, that'd be really cool. I would a hundred percent watch that show. Like a hundred percent. You could even make it animated and I'd watch it. Yeah. I'd be less into it animated. I, I, I think I'd like to see it in real world. Would it be a procedural? Oh, a hundred percent. It would have to be. 
Okay. Every episode, he's trying to track down someone new. I'm in a very treasure hunting place these days, Ivana, so I want to see more treasure on TV. What is your number one of these? Um, My number one, I don't even know if I went in any order. Uh, yeah, I think this is my number one. This is Spinal Tap. Wow. What a pull. Yeah. Um, and I want to see them touring right now. And Ooh, I want to see rock them. Stars. Aging rock stars, and I want to see them have a rivalry with a young up-and-coming band. That is amazing. And I want that young up-and-coming band to include at least one of the Jonas Brothers. Holy shit, I want this movie right now. I know. Does that not sound like a great movie? I. That is okay. We got our number one. I mean, I don't even need to tell my number one. I want to see your movie way more than I want to see mine. <laughs> What's yours? I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I, I would do The Goonies. Oh, good one. I would How would you them, do it, though? I would bring them back as a limited series, and it would be all of the same characters come back, and they're now in their own lives. It's years and years after discovering the pirate treasure, and they've gone their separate ways. Um, and they all kind of fell apart after college. So it's present day sloth is, has died and they all come back for the funeral of sloth and data who is the only one who's been trying to bring the group together for years and never been able to, he is now a rich and famous treasure hunter. All the guys resent him because he's so much better off than they are. And his only child is a boy who does not have any interest in his hunting for treasure. And the mom left him and stole like a valuable something. So they're at the funeral and they're all talking about how like our kids are different than us. Like they don't do what we did and they don't go on adventures. And Data's like, speak for yourself. And he pulls out a treasure map and he's like, there's another ship. And it's like a six episode miniseries. Um, of them like trying to take their kids on like an adventure to like give them that. But then data's son goes missing in a cave. And now because the police suck, obviously, obviously the police are useless. <laughs> the parents have to trust the kids and the kids have to find their courage so they can rescue data's son chip, right? Data and chip. Yeah, you love it. I know you love it. And th so that's what I, I'm envisioning a six-episode limited series. I do love the concept. Again, I'm in a real treasure hunting place now. I'm not sure how I feel about the idea of having it center around both the parents and the kids. Interesting. You just want to see the the adults? Yeah, I think Try and go on an adventure? Yeah. Totally could be. I, I could see the kids thing, too. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's six episodes, and each episode is going to be like Game of Thrones length. So like an hour and 10 minutes? Yes. <laughs> Don't watch that show, but yes. <laughs> At least you didn't say it was like Game of Thrones. No, it's not like Game of Thrones. They all die every saw, other episode. You know, I want, obviously, all three of mine are like adventure stories. I want to see the adventure stories come back and see where, where we can take them now. Jumanji came back. Jumanji was part breakfast club. Just saying. All in detention. That's how they came together. And they didn't like each other till the end of the movie. Right. And unlike the breakfast club, 
it wasn't the worst movie ever made. It wasn't even the best, but it certainly was better than Breakfast Club. Wow. Okay, so for our top three, I'm going <laughs> to nominate This is Spinal Tap 2. Woohoo! I'm in. I love that. I'm going to nominate Goonies as number two then. Okay. Yeah, I'm good with that. And then I want not The Breakfast Club. <laughs> That's fine. We don't have to redo it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you had Indiana Jones. And what was your third? Uh, or I had Police Indiana Academy. Jones. You had... Indiana Jones, Police Academy. And what else did you have as well? And is Police Academy a TV show or is it a movie? Uh, I think I'd do it as a movie. Yeah, I'd, let's put Police Academy at three. Nice. Because I think Indiana Jones is sacred to too many people. And those first three movies are amazing. But I, I want to go back to Police Academy. I, I like it. It would be fun. So, I okay. think this is a good list. Let's count this down. Number three. Police Academy. Number two, The Goonies. And the number one best reboot reimagining, This is Spinal Tap. Honestly, when you brought up This is Spinal Tap, I did not think I would be like into it. And then you gave me the premise and I, oh, I want that movie. Like Christopher Guest, if you're listening, we want Christopher Guest again for this. The whole thing. I would watch that movie so hard. Okay, what are? Do you have any honorable mentions? Totally. I would redo uh, Dead Poet Society, but the kids are now the the teachers at the school. I don't know. Dead Poet Society. I I just with Robin Williams passing, I wouldn't want to touch it. Um, Adventures in Babysitting. The kids are now the kids from the original, and they're being babysat by someone brand new. All these movies from the 80s that I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And then I had The Wizard, which I don't think, more I think about it, it doesn't really need to be retouched, but it would be basically the wizard kid has grown up, and he only understands NES games, and he doesn't understand the new video games, and there's a new power glove or something, and it's awesome. What about you? I also don't know what the wizard is. Um, I just have uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but they like take a day off at work. That sure. Be funny. That would be easy. Um, and I feel then, like there would be less stakes to getting caught. Yeah, you'd have to create, <laughs> you'd have to really create some sort of scenario. And that's why I ultimately didn't choose it because it would have to be something like, this is a big board meeting. And if you don't show up, everything, you know, is ruined. And yeah. But I don't know if it could possibly be as silly. But it would be kind of funny to see people trying to recreate that day. Totally. Uh, Beetlejuice. I would totally see Winona Ryder. Be- she's now dead. And now she and Beetlejuice are ghosts. So they're doing a Beetlejuice too, And are it's they? a continuation. But I like that version better than bringing Keaton back. Well, I, I think they'd be there together. I don't know. I feel like Keaton's past Beetlejuice. I also am not a huge Beetlejuice fan. Just out there in the world. I think that's kind of why I would want to redo it. Part of what I tried to think about when I was thinking about redoing movies is ones that I think could be better. Ones that maybe, you know, the original was iconic for some reason or another, but it's not as good as it could be today. Can we agree that the best one that has been done like this is Mad Max Fury Road? Yes. Love that movie. I feel like it's the only revisiting of a movie franchise or whatever that has done better than the original in my eyes yeah i I, cobra kai too cobra kai is great i love i honestly it's so much fun 
It's so much fun. It's so much better than the original, which I saw for the first time right before I started season one. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, do you have anything that you would not touch? Like, this is 80s gold. Do not touch it. Back to the Future. Me too. Don't touch that movie. Don't touch Back to the Future. And Ghostbusters is on my list because they've tried to do a sequel that wasn't very good. And then they tried to do a reboot that wasn't very good. Just leave it alone. I know we're getting another one this summer or this fall or whenever the hell this new one's coming out. I don't care. You you had lightning in a bottle with these comedians. They're gone. You're not going to do it again. And the comedy is different and, and it just doesn't feel... Like the thing about Cobra Kai and Mad Max is... And any revival, what you need to get at is the heart of the concept that you're now revisiting. And then you need to have that heart of that concept be your North Star and constantly be following it. No matter what you change, it has to be in service of staying true to the heart. And even though I didn't mind the new um, Ghostbusters or even the sequel... None of them had that heart. They were very different. You're never going to do it again. Why are you going to try? I know you want to make some money, but That's maybe it. just That's keep all. making these That's Men in Black movies, Sony. I, I mean, I... You know yeah. what I think you cannot touch? Cannot touch it? There, it's, like, it's like Wizard of Oz. You should never, ever touch it. Princess Bride. Yeah, because Princess Bride is weird. Yeah. Like, it's... A drama, but it's also an action movie, but it's also a fantasy movie, and it's also a comedy. It is in no way should the Princess Bride work, and you'll never figure out why it does. But it does, and it's something that you can't redo. You cannot redo that magic, those the actors, the chemistry, the everything. But that's another story for another time. I don't know if you know this, Jay, but last weekend I won an acting award. For what? For basic bays, what? Yeah, we I mean, were. You you won your movie won other awards, but you won actually the acting this time too. Yeah, I won best supporting actor in a comedy. What festival? Or in a short? What was this I forget in? which. Like, who gave you this accolade? That's amazing. Uh, Hollywood North Film Awards. Oh, um, shit. That sounds legit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we got we got I got a best acting award. We got a best costume award and best editing. When do we actually get to see this thing? It has to do all the festivals before it gets out, but then it's going to be on the internets and anybody can see it. Beautiful, cannot wait. That is amazing, Ivana. How do you feel? Do you feel like reinvigorated by like maybe I should be more actor than producer? Um. No, I think I like being both. I think being both is really satisfying to me creatively on a lot of levels. Um, uh, the comedy I'm producing right now, Kitty Mamas, which I was also in in a small role, was just so much fun to create. And I'm cooking up uh, a sexploitation film, too, that I'd like to start filming next summer, which would be awesome. Sounds like you've uh, you've got a lot of time for things. <laughs> I make time for things. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Congratulations. I uh, you know I'm not on social media, so wherever that popped up, I I missed all of that. So way to go. You're off social media because I'm doing it all for work all day. I do not want to be on it personally uh, because it it feels like work, and I'm like nope, nope, nope. Series survival. 
Dun, dun, dun. So we have something a little different with series survival happening right now, and that is that we have updates for you, and we're going to do some summer show predictions. Um, we've usually split these up, but now we're coming at you with a double. So let's start double with some updates. Dose. Double dose. And you know what? These are shows that are not out yet. We are recording on June 8th. 8th. But let's give people some updates. Let's look at some old stuff that we predicted before. Let's uh, do it. What, what's first up, Jay? First up is Tell Me a Story. This was on CBS or CBS All Access. I can't recall which one. Um, and it was like a, I think it was an anthology horror series about fairy tales. I think so, too. I never watched it. Did you ever watch it? I did not. I don't have CBS All Access. And sometimes like when it doesn't give you updates on when it's on, I just forget. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I said it was going to be renewed. I said it was going to be canceled. And I was right. <laughs> you, you were right. I really thought people were done with this kind of show, but you were totally right on the money. Boom. Uh, okay, next up. What's, what do we got next? Origin, the YouTube Red original series. Was that the uh, George R.R. R. Martin sci-fi series that he created? Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's George R.R. Oh, yeah. R. Martin, but it's, it's a sci-fi series. And the guy who played... Um, Draco Malfoy. Yeah, he was in it. I'm pretty sure. So I can't remember if this was George R.R. R. Martin, but, you know, there was another show that people like uh, from that author. So they were watching that. Yeah, I, not at I the said, same time. They didn't come out at the same moment. I said it was going to get canceled. You did. You did. You thought it was too expensive. Yes. And that's why it was going to get canceled. Um, I thought it would get renewed because of how much money they put into it. And I thought that they were really trying something. I was wrong. And I, again, was right. Yeah. So you're two out of two predictions right now. And I'm zero out of two. Honestly? I am feeling uh, pretty good. <laughs> and last up on uh, on Pop, but I think in Canada it's on Bravo, is Click or Click. Um, and this was kind of like a, a secret society show where if you were in the Click, you know, wealth and power and doors opened for you. But there was also nasty secrets and people were in danger and stuff and it looked okay i don't remember this one that much well you did say it would be renewed yeah i think those kinds of shows do okay especially on networks like pop and i i agree with you i think it was gonna get renewed too and it was in fact renewed so at least so i can, got one right we can check that scorecard it is three to one if three we were to the one. toronto raptors I would be the Raptors right now. <laughs> Let's not jinx anything for the Raptors here. I'm knocking on all the wood. <laughs> all right. Now let's go into some new summer show predictions. Uh, the first up is actually the first premiering. It's going to be coming out on June 14th. And that is Los Espookies on HBO. Yeah. Fred Armisen is involved in this. And it's a like a spooky weird um i don't know if it's horror but it's horror comedy i think yeah i and think it's more comedy with a lot of like inspiration from horror 
Totally. But more importantly, this is a all Spanish speaking show. Mostly Spanish speaking. Coming to HBO. It's a bold move. Like that trailer, it's extremely artistic and niche. Here's my thing. Right now, the Latino population in the United States states is twice of the entire population of Canada. This is going to be renewed. I think it's too artsy. I don't even think that it's going to like, I think it's just too niche. And I just don't know that I, I don't I think it's going to get canceled. I have to tell you, I think it's too niche. You say canceled. I say renewed. We're starting off this next round of summer summer shows, you know, a little battle. This is uh, I like it. It's good when we don't agree. <laughs> I know it is actually. It makes the scoring easier. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next up, we have an ABC show, and it's called The Grand Hotel, and this is kind of Miami, uh, and it's like about a bellhop who is going to start working at this really fancy family owned hotel, and there's only one rule. You cannot fraternize with the guest, meaning don't be sleeping around, man. But he's got eyes on the daughter of the owner of the hotel. So, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those fun dramas. It's in a great setting. Like the trailer looks beautiful. I think it's clearly trying to I, I think it'll do well because it plugs a hole where Jane the Virgin left off. It has a very telenovela-inspired vibe going on. It's kind of like the passions of Steve and Brenda, where it's fully Americanized, but it still reminds me of a telenovela. And I think that with Jane the Virgin ending in like a few episodes, this is going to pick things right up for people. So you're saying yes. Definitely renewed. I am saying yes as well. I think this is too cool-looking a show on a big network to fail. I think this is going to do really well. And it's perfect for the summer series too, I think. Exactly. All right. And our last one, Ivana, why don't you walk us through what this is? Euphoria is an HBO drama premiering on June 16th, which follows Zendaya as she is a teenager, I assume a high school student, who is out of rehab and has moved to a new town where she meets this girl that she seems to be quite interested in. Um, We don't get a ton of plot from the trailer, but you get a real mood from everything. This is going to be a pretty serious drama. It's going to deal with a lot of things, and it's going to try to talk about what is this generation going through? What is it like to be Gen Z? And... I think a lot of it is going to center around drug use. Oh, yeah. you. I think euphoria is entirely and utterly um, associated with the fact that I assume there she took a lot of Molly because there's yes. a lot of rave scenes. There's a very rave-esque um, kind of everything looks like you're kind of seeing it through the lens of a rave, even in the parts that are not. And I think that it looks like a really cool show. I think it's a smart decision for Zendaya to do after she did all those like Disney channel type television shows. I don't know if she was actually from Disney or Nickelodeon, but one of them. 
yeah, Zendaya taking this role, it's it's her step into like an adult. People will see her as an adult, which is always I mean, child actors have to do this. So I think it's a great step. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to find an audience on HBO and I think it's going to get canceled. I think it's going to get renewed. Really? I I just feel like it is talking to Gen Z and Gen Z is not watching HBO. And I just don't think they're going to find an audience. All right. Fair enough. So there were three updates and three predictions for you. What do you think of these new shows? Don't worry. In the description, we will place the YouTube links for these new shows. And you send us a note saying what you think. Were we right? In our predictions, or maybe we're just totally off. Maybe I'm crazy and this Zendaya thing's gonna do super well. It's Film Freaks, chatter for the film fan and all of us. Now, you might be wondering about our Film Freak selection today the Gina Rodriguez vehicle, Miss Bala. Ivana, why did we pick this one? Uh, back in the beginning of the year, I misguidedly chose this movie in the box office draft, um, and it made a total of $15 million in the box office. Yeah, yeah. So we decided it would be high time to discover what the hell you were thinking and dive into the world of Miss Bala. <laughs> right. So like Jay said, Miss Bala stars Gina Rodriguez, who is awesome, as Gloria. Um, she's a Mexican-American makeup artist who's visiting her friend in Tijuana to help her friend get ready for this big beauty contest. Like Miss America, but in Mexico. While they're out partying before the start of the contest, cartel members start shooting up the club they're at, and Gloria and her friend get separated. Gloria waits for her friend, but she never returns, so she goes to a police officer for help. And this is where the film turns into a straight-out anti-Mexican tourism marketing campaign. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> the police promptly bring Gloria to the drug cartels. And instead of killing her, the cartel guy convinces her to become a drug mule so that she can find her friend. But at the first sign that Gloria can scoot off, she is abducted by more local police who don't buy her story and they offer her no protection. We are serious when we say that the only good guy in this movie is Gloria. Right. And all the while, Gloria has to play both sides and somehow rescue her friend. Who incidentally has been sold into a prostitution ring, much like the plot of Taken. Right. We won't give away the ending, but it's awesome. So Jay, what are your thoughts on the movie overall? I'm not quite sure why there was as much dislike for this movie as the critics said. I, I think it's like a two out of five star film. It was definitely entertaining. There were but a lulls. two out of five star is like you failed. Like that's yeah, a I, bad I'm movie. not giving it a pass. I think it's okay. It's not good in my opinion. I but feel like that's a three. Okay. If you're if the movie's okay, it's a three. No, if a movie's good, it's a three. If a no way. You have to yeah. be three and a half minimum, if not four. No, three and a half is a great movie. No, a four is a great movie. Ah, our star, we're never going to get this right. This is a two-star film, and it's because the only likable person in the entire film is Gina Rodriguez. You don't care about anybody else in this movie. You want her to survive, but you just can't believe 
that this is something that could happen to anybody. And it's based on true events. And you're just watching it. That's the interesting part for me was if this wasn't based on true events, I would not care. But I think when you're talking about really corrupt people, that is it. There's just I, I liked her and I liked the other girl at the safe house a lot. Okay. And I was okay with her friend. Um and you know, in a lot of ways, I also kind of liked the cartel owner guy, like the the leader cartel guy. He is, I just want to say, one handsome drug cartel. <laughs> I I just think his character was interesting. Um Choices that he made, I thought, were really interesting. I really liked the movie. I give it a three and a half. You know, like, if you had a two out of five on a school project, you wouldn't be doing okay. You would be failing hard. Yeah, and I think this film fails in how much it needs you to believe in Gloria. Even though Gloria is, like, okay for the first bit, you really start to like her at the end of the film. But I feel like her personality is so meh leading up to the first shootout with the cops that I'm not really all that invested and I'm kind of doing other things. Like, I, I wanted to just want to watch it, but I was bored. I just didn't feel like the stakes were there for her at the beginning of the thing. It really made me afraid to travel to Mexico. That's what this movie did to me. There are a lot of drug cartels and there is a lot of corruption and those are i mean i don't know that much about mexico i know that the cartel owns pieces of the police they it's basically the police are corrupt and the cartels want just money so if you're a good person you could get very screwed very quickly uh and that's what happens to gloria so as a character, I the first big shootout, I'm not talking about the club scene because the club scene just kind of sets it up. Yeah. Uh, where she has to depend on the police and she is she's working both sides. The best part, I think, in the for me in the whole movie is when she turns around, the drug cartel has been shot, the police officer has told her she's on her own. Even though she said, we will, he said, we will protect you. There is SWAT outside these doors. She runs to those doors. There's nothing there. She calls up. Where, where are you? How, how do I get out? And he's like, you're on your own. And for her to run back with the drug cartel leader, he get, he gets shot. And then she saves him is an amazing survival move that I was like, that's excellent. Like that to me was I know more about who you are in this two seconds than the rest of the movie has led me to believe. And she is a survivor. That's one thing I really appreciated about it because. Yeah, I, that's, okay, I agree. Jay, that think was a about great if part. this happened to you and you were in her shoes, you would also just be pulled in the beginning. You'd have to be. Yeah, because like she's not a survivalist. She's not a gun runner. She doesn't. She's not involved in the world of crime so in the very beginning she's kind of confused i and i think it shows and i actually appreciated that about the movie where she just is going along with everyone 
worried and not sure what to do next. And it's only then in that moment that I think she realizes I have to do whatever I need to do to survive. And okay, I'm going to do it. I love that she drove him to safety. And then like that guy basically wanted to make her his wife at that point. He almost did before. I I thought it was interesting that in the first scene where he was like going to rape her and then doesn't. And I thought that was an interesting choice too. Well, we didn't know if she was going to, but he gets called out of the room. Yeah. When he comes back, he's like, I'm just tired. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Like, well, I think he was, I think he was going to force her into having sex with him, but he wants her to like him so much. Yeah, he actually is trying to be a good human for her. Which also was really great when he shot that other character you love. And she's like, I'm done. I'm done with you. Like, and it forced him to give up information he didn't want to give up, which was, I know where your friend is. We're going to go hit this joint. Go get your friend back. It was, I really liked the second half and I really didn't like the, the first half I didn't enjoy much at all. The second half, I was just really impressed with Gina Rodriguez as a character. I thought her acting in the second half of the film was like, she said a lot without saying anything, and it was quite good. I think she's an amazing actor. I loved the ending of the movie. I loved the ending of the movie. At the end of the film, we're going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, spoilers. you don't want to hear... With this this moment, Skip I'm to just going to say <laughs> the moment with her and Anthony Mackie in the CIA room and the way she is now after just three days of this bullshit is awesome. Like the way that they are equals in that room was amazing. I For me, it was when she killed the cartel guy when she saw that tattoo on her friend's wrist and just flipped the the script she just completely went off book and she fucking killed everyone and got her friend the fuck out this is a film that is based on true events i don't know how much of that was true i thought it was awesome that like at the end of this event that she basically orchestrated the corrupt chief of police and the drug cartel leader were dead. Yeah. And she single-handedly defeated them. She was the reason. I I just think she, and this is the thing, this movie is not without its flaws. Again, I would give it a three and a half where I think, or I really liked it. Maybe it should get a three if I was like a teacher and I had to give it a grade. But I think that it's, has some really cool choices. I really loved the end. I thought Gina Rodriguez was great. I really liked the cartel owner. The action was interesting, and I was excited all the way through. So overall, I, I really just, I think that it somehow doesn't come together cohesively. That's the problem. Yeah, there's there's points where there should be tension, and I'm not feeling it. When she is given the gun by the cartel owner to shoot these bottles. And he goes, he walks in front of her and she, she kind of pulls up the gun. Yeah. She's like considering shooting him. I'm, I'm not, it's not that she's not selling it. There's something about the film where the tension is not there. I know she's not going to, it just doesn't feel there's that gripping suspense in the scene that should have a lot of it. And I think that's what drags it down for me. 
I do not think any of the faults of this film are because of Gina Rodriguez at all. In no. fact, all the best parts of this film are because of her. I don't know if it's the music or the pacing or something. It just doesn't feel she's doing everything she can to help the movie and the movie doesn't want to help itself. I think there's script issues. And I think that there are some directorial choices that could have been different that could have made the movie better. All in all, I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a shitty movie. I don't think it's one of the worst movies of the year. It's absolutely watchable. No, it's not the worst movie of the year. For sure, not the worst movie. I've seen a million worst movies. This is a perfectly fine movie. You're going to watch it. You're going to forget it. It's not going to like live with you. It's not going to change your world. But from these reviews, 22% are on tomatoes. Uh, I mean, that's pretty harsh. I feel like it's, if I was going to give it like a Rotten Tomatoes score, I mean, it's hard because I can see why everyone's giving it a bit of a, there should be a lot more mediocre. Like it should be like a 56%. Exactly. That's where it should land. I mean, that Rotten Tomatoes score is only 20 22% gave it a positive review. That's right. how Rotten Tomatoes works. So maybe they just are like, oh, okay, so two and a half out of five stars. That's the middle of the road. That's 50%. So maybe they're just like, oh. It didn't make 60, so it's it's rotten to these people. But two and a half stars is, I think, generous for this film. I think two and a half to three is where this film lives, somewhere in that range. You just said three and a half. I'm giving it a three and a half, but I, if I was a teacher and I had to give it a, like a legit grade, it would probably be a three. But or, I will sorry, say I understand why this movie did not rain in more money for you. I do understand that after seeing it now. I, you know how you were saying there's a large Latinx community in the States. Yeah. It's like 60 million people. And that they would support, uh, the Los Espookies, the new HBO show. Yeah. I had that thought about this movie. That was my thinking of this movie and nobody showed up for it. Okay. What I didn't know at the time is that this is a remake of a Mexican film. Same name. And that the Mexican film people love. Right. So I maybe that's why people didn't show up for it. But that's why I said this movie would do well. I thought there would be a, an audience. And that is fair. Cool. Next time, join us when Ivana gets her first ever watch of Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yeah, we do a more than movies podcast and she's never seen T2. I don't understand it. Because it was made a bazillion years ago. (laughs) It was made in the appropriate amount of time for anyone to have access to it. (laughs) And that's our show. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in again next time. If you'd like to support the show, hop on to their podcast service and subscribe. And if you're really feeling generous, give us a rating or review. Our intro song comes from bensound.com and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors and sound effects. Ivana and I love hearing from you. So we built a website for you to reach out to us. It's morethanmovies.net. But in case you hate websites, you can email us. Hello at morethanmovies.net. Find us on Facebook, More Than Movies Podcast. Or catch us on Twitter directly. I'm at It's Ivana. And I'm at Jester J. 
Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back again soon with an all-new commercial-free episode. And until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more. Watch more.